I think Bonds and All is a film about uh, the impossibility of love and uh, and and the and the and the, and the aim for finding home, but also, in a way, the impossibility of that dream of home. Children being lost in the wilderness and having to find a way back home and finding that there is no such a place as home and have to reinvent the possibility of home and again, not being able to do that. It's about the disenfranchised. Who am I? What do I want? How can I escape a sort of destiny I feel I have to carry on my shoulders? How can I find connection with someone else? How my connection with someone else is a connection because we are similar or because we are different from one another? Welcome to Speak All Evil, the podcast you were warned about. I'm Trent here with Kevin, Kat, and Dave. Hello. Hello. Hi. Follow us on Instagram at Speak All Evil Pod. October 30th at the Ophodian Theater in Portland, Maine. Woo. The second annual Speak All Evil presents Halloween film screening, costume party. This year is showing the classic Reanimator, 7 p.m. Yeah. Five bucks. Uh, we'll have a little costume mixer mm-hmm. at seven. We'll have a costume contest. We'll get the movie going by 8 o'clock. Our friend Mitch Bushnow, who did our logo and did the awesome reanimator poster that you see on our Instagram, will be there again this year. He's going to have artwork and other goodies. going to be a lot of fun. Costume contest winner will walk away with something. Something cool, I bet. <laughs> I haven't decided yet. Also, Sunday, October <laughs> 15th at George and Leon's in Westbrook, Maine. That's Sunday, October 15th. We're hosting a double feature presentation of Hackle Lantern Ooh. from 1980. Have you guys ever heard of Hackle Lantern? <laughs> nope. No. We're hosting it, but I, I don't know I've what never you seen just never said. Heard of it. Never I just said it. I had a gig, but I might cancel. <laughs> I just, I just, I was... <laughs> Hackle Lantern and Pieces, which we just talked about at 7 p.m., five bucks food and drink specials at George and Leon's in Westbrook, Maine. We'll be there hanging out. Thanks, Logan, for uh, hooking that up. Before we get to the films this week, I wanted to do a, a little something new. Oh. oh, wow. Exciting. Read and write all evil. Where does it get into the mailbag? Oh. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Write all evil. Oh, I yeah. see. Oh. And read all evil. Oh. Reading and writing all evil. All <laughs> oh, the evil. We got some instant feedback already on last week's episode, which for us was yesterday. Publish. Oh. Some of the listeners are uh, are writing in here. I got, I got one message. says, quote, Your episodes are better when the person who picks the movies actually likes them, (laughs) period. Uh, Just saying. Uh, Okay. Was that you? Is that your fake account? Well, is this on the Instagram? A listener. Yeah, a listener messaged that one. Well, this is the thing, though. If a listener has a concern about the show, I want everyone to feel. If you if you have if there's something that's worrying you bothering you something you think I should know about or you know we should take into consideration I don't want you to feel like you're going to be given up to a pack of hyenas as soon as we're on the air so that's the identity of that person will stay with me I appreciate you screening all our hate mail thank yeah. you yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah this is a this is a first was this like a comment on the post or no, no, it was a, it was a direct a DM, direct DMs. message, yeah. Slid in the cool. DMs. Yeah, listener mail. I got the password, I'll look. Listener mailbag. I've always been a firm believer, I've said it before, I say it again, sometimes I pick movies that look fun that I haven't seen, and I think it's just a real fun time for all of us to watch them for the first time together. Am yeah. I going to lie and say, yeah. hey... This was a really cool movie. No. Well, you I got used integrity. To, stick to your guns more back in the day. You would just be like, I'm going with it. This is my pick. Yeah. Um, I like it when we go there. I like I think it makes for the most interesting conversations, even though my week sucks when my my family is always like, What are we gonna what are we watching this week? <laughs> Who's no they now they ask, <laughs> whose week is it? <laughs> and they, they let out a groan. It's cats week. Oh, what what is it? <laughs> Yeah, you're harming families. <laughs> I yes, really teared this family apart. <laughs> you know, I don't disagree with the person, uh, whoever they may be. Their secret will remain with Trent. But yeah, sounds you know. like we need a guest host. 
Maybe we should invite them on the show and they can pick their movies. This week. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was a quick mailbag. <laughs> Trent's like, what There's have a- I done? <laughs> now, there are a couple others, but they're all they're so complimentary toward me that I don't want. Oh, I feel, oh towards you? I, don't, I feel uncomfortable reading them. Read one. Oh, Trent, you're the only reason I listen to the show. Trent. You really hold it together, pal. I love you. Talking about tragic romance horror, star-crossed lovers horror, or compared to last week, Masterpiece Theater Week. <laughs> 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 it's, we, if we ever needed the cinema, we've, ne- we've never needed it more Mm-mm. than this week, starting with a 2009 South Korean film called Thirst. Sang Hyun is a Catholic priest who volunteers at a hospital, providing ministry to the patients. He is well-respected for his unwavering faith and dedicated service, but he secretly suffers from feelings of doubt and sadness. He then volunteers to participate in an experiment to find a vaccine for a deadly virus. Although the experiment fails and he is infected with the fatal disease, he makes a complete and rapid recovery after receiving a blood transfusion that turns out to be of the vampiric persuasion. With his newfound carnal desire for blood and sex, the priest struggles to maintain what's left of his humanity. Woo! Wow. I am late to the party on Park Chan-wook. I've never seen, until now, I've never seen any movies by this filmmaker. I've never seen Old Boy. Wow, okay. Yeah, until a couple weeks ago, Old Boy was in theaters for its 20th anniversary. There was like a 4K remaster that played locally. I went and saw that. Totally blown away. Not what I expected at all. No. I thought it was an action movie. Yeah. I mean, there is action in it. Yeah. I was not prepared. So it was a good way to see it, actually, uh, being totally wrong about whatever I thought it was to begin with. Uh, My favorite movie of the last year now is Decision to Leave. Told you about this, David. Did you watch it? I did not watch it. I did not have time. Decision to Leave from last year, the the latest uh, Park Chan-wook. So incredibly good. Uh, Dazzling. Spellbinding. I just the knockout movie. All the things that what I hate. What is spellbinding? Hate when if, I say, if you don't mind, just, ask what what is spellbinding? Well, have you ever been under a spell? Have you yeah. ever been in a spell? Oh, it's like hypnotic. Yes. Oh, nice. Yes, decision to leave. So anyway, now I've seen that, and uh, now I've seen Thirst. I thought I had seen this a long time ago. It's uh, out in two thousand nine, but I definitely never had. And I would say this is now one of my favorite vampire movies. I would put this up there with Let the Right One In. It's much funnier. Mm-hmm. Then let the right one in. I think there's a wider palette of emotion in this movie. It's very funny, but it's not. I wouldn't call it a horror comedy. It's it's horrifying. It's romantic. It's bloody at times. It's violent. The ending just blew me away. I love this movie. The lead actor in this we've seen before. We watched The Host not that long ago. Is it um, Song Kang Ho? I'm not going to, this is a name week, if ever there was one. Yeah, go for it, man. I, that's, this clo- I mean, anyway, we saw him in The Host. Um, if you've seen Snowpiercer, mm. Memories of Murder, Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, that was part of the Old Boy trilogy, and Parasite, we talked about mm-hmm. Parasite. Amazing performance. I love everything about this movie. It's, it even gets more adventure than I generally like. There's the scene where uh, he he grabs her and... Uh, picks her up. She asks him if he can jump off the building, and he picks her up and just starts bounding from rooftop to rooftop. And she's like laughing and everything. I, uh, you know, I felt like I was being swept away. You know, wow, <laughs> myself. This is on Peacock right now. Peacock. Uh, I think we talked about they've got a hundred new horror movies on the service for Halloween. Thirst, as well as Shocker from last week, mm. uh, is among. The horror movies on Peacock right now. If you've never seen Thirst, or if you have, I, I would highly, highly recommend this movie. This was definitely a weird, a weird one. I was trying to think of how to describe it. It's not. It's funny. It's not campy though. I think it's just insane. I think it's just an insane mm. fucking movie. It is insane. Yeah. It's a bloody little love story. What a! Su- I was very surprised by um, the romance this week for sure. Yeah. Kind of felt just like a fever dream to me at times. It's just like bonkers. The acting was really fun though, and the main actress was really good at the at that role for sure. She started out like super timid and just like behind her hair, and then she's like slowly evolving, um, like into this like crazy eyed and like smiling, like evil, blood first, blood thirsty uh, little lady. And the humor was super fun. I I don't know why, but I really liked the gag when they would pick up the mom in her chair and then just like move her around. <laughs> they 
apartment. Like no wheelchair. They're just like, and here's your lazy boy. We're going to move you over here. The ex-husband being all wet and in the way was also like one of my favorite parts. Just always like dripping like seawater everywhere and like snot snot and then just like smiling and like, I don't know. It was just so weird. I would say that there were some parts that felt like it was trying to be like more on the serious side. So that part was kind of weird to me. I I felt like it didn't like meld together like perfectly. I don't know. I think that horror comedies usually will have like, you know, a serious kind of zone and then like the funny stuff. But because this wasn't really like a horror comedy, it just felt like kind of two separate movies at times. Definitely entertaining. I'm still not entirely sure uh, what the fuck happened in those two hours, but you know, it was a it was a fun ride. Long one. It was a long two fifteen. Two fifteen. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. It's a long week, also. Yeah. Well, and the director's cuts like almost three hours, Jeez. but it's only was... been it's only been released in South Korea and France. Oh wow! Yeah, this is awesome. I saw it way whenever I was. Con- I don't know if it was oh nine, but whenever I was just like consuming a lot of. Uh, foreign horror it's like the host like all all of those movies and I think you know there's like a a comedic aspect to these that both of you sort of just touched on you can't really put your finger on it it's not overtly funny but you're honestly laughing like the host has that parasite has that like in spades you know it's almost like this movie watching it now it's been many years but almost like Bollywood uh, a little bit, just how over the top some of the stuff was. But like you said, it's it's not like funny in a campy way. It's, it's very like dry. Legitimately, it's kind of a dry like, humor. Humorous. Just shows you things that are funny, but it's not like winking at you. Yeah. But calling it insane is that's the word that I was missing when I was like watching this again and being like, "What is it? It is. It's insanity." Yeah. Like you're just kind of <laughs> laughing because you're like, "What the fuck are they doing now?" And I had that scene Trent pegged. All of a sudden, it's a superhero movie. Yeah. For like a few minutes. <laughs> and then there's another scene similar to that, the chase scene. Yeah. So good. Exactly. Yeah. And, but then. Spider Man. It was like Spider Man. Yeah. But then, you know, in Spider Man, they don't start like sucking armpits and toes and waving dongs and stuff. So, <laughs> I mean, really run to the gamut here. I wasn't going to steal Dave's word because I know he's really excited. <laughs> didn't I, didn't, I didn't make that word. I mean, <laughs> I think you did. <laughs> My um, mouth was full. How could I have made up a word? <laughs> <laughs> but I love uh, the actor that you talked about. And one of his earlier films is another one that I've been, I've almost picked recently. Now I got to wait a little bit. But it's a movie called The Quiet Family. That's an earlier South Korean kind of horror film. But it has the same type of like quirkiness and insanity that this one does. But that's a really good one as well. But then get to the horror aspects of this. I love a good vampire movie that doesn't tell you how and why. Right. You know, it plays by your basic vampire rules, but it, it doesn't, you know, they don't hit the microfiche or they don't go to the priest to find the history and they don't have to go find the origin vampire. It wasn't, like, it wasn't just the like, Salem witch trials this yeah, time. The guy, the guy wow. drinks some blood. He gets a, or, sorry, he gets a blood transfusion. Then all of a sudden he's a fucking vampire. I appreciate that. And I really, really loved the lead actress. I thought that her going from, it gave me like audition vibes, not mm. just her performance, but the entire movie how she does start out downtrodden and you just feel terrible and then she gets her freak on and it's just like, yeah, I want to be a fucking vampire and I'm a psychopath. Uh, and then, yeah, a little bit of a 30 days a night ending there a little yeah. bit, but definitely a lot more heartbreaking. This was a fantastic one. Thanks for making me revisit it. This was like a mashup of so many different tones of movies that I loved the most recent one, when I just watched it, that I thought of was Possession in the way that the, the descent into madness of the couple together. And, and then also at her craziest moment, she's in that blue dress that kind of reminds you like, of Isabelle Ajani's uh, freak out scene in Possession. A lot of the scenes like are at night because they're vampires. you know. So uh, you have a lot of that like cool cinematography uh, on on rooftops with like moonlight uh, that reminded me a bit of like Kronos. A lot of that was at yeah. night uh, yeah. you know, up in the, the rooftop and stuff. It almost lost me the same spot as you, uh, Trent, or everyone maybe. The romantic Aladdin meets Marvel. <laughs> Good call. Meets Marvel, like jumping off the roofs and stuff I, I like that. I, that. I, I, I was tantalized by it. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> and, but then I felt kind of guilty about it after. Um, 
it was those moments and then how jam-packed all the different things were that reminded me of Bollywood as well. But uh, it made me forgive some of the, the cheapness because every once in a while toward the end, there's some really unnecessary, I feel like, CGI. Digital blood. Yeah, yeah that, stuff yeah. like that. That, yeah. that kind of cheapened it a little bit for me. But I do agree with your comment that it's one of my top uh, vampire it remind it had like interview with a vampire vibes. It had all like the kind of uh, you know the soulful vampire uh, relationship, vampire the turning of the vampire people wanting to turn and gaining power and power struggles around that. Like it makes vampire stories capable of being much more com- complex than some of the stuff we usually watch. So I like that. I did like the romance and I liked all the. The thirst for blood this week. Mm. Woo! Yeah, I mean, he, he's kind of the he's the reluctant vampire. We right. see that there's vampires that love it, and then there's the reluctant reluctant vampire, vampire week. Yeah, and we have a lot but, of reluctant. Yeah, both, yeah it, it is really stuffed. It's stuffed with plot. There's so much that happens. So you just keep thinking you've you've got the basic story of the movie, and then just more crazy things keep happening. I certainly didn't expect the murder plot. The uh, <laughs> Of the yeah. brother there. That was, yeah, so that was so weird. So she just didn't like her husband, and so she's like, yeah, he beats me. Get him. She wasn't just like, I don't like my husband. She was, she had sort of was sentenced to this she life was of- miserable. She was yeah. miserable. She was basically the caretaker. It was like her stepbrother, the, too. It was, by, well, it was adoption. her, That's by adoption, yeah. yeah. That yeah. makes the dynamic weird, it's though. It's very odd. And he's, uh, he's a, a simple fellow. You know, he, he, there's something going on. I mean, he's not, uh, you know, he's regular so much. It's not just that, I mean, no, I mean, I think that the character is supposed to be, he's he's disabled in some way. Oh. Well, I think he's been, I don't think it's Munchausen, but like clearly the mother has enabled him to he's any like ailment child. he ever he's has like yeah. is like, let's go to... He's Boston not right. medical. Like I think he's supposed to be developmentally oh. delayed. Oh, I, got, I just got like super, guy. super mama's boy. And that and... too. She diagnoses him by the smell of his farts. I hated she, that. Like, I really, that's when I was like, over. what? Mm, it smells like well, this. Gastro, we'll, whatever. We'll treat it, oh my God. treat it that way. Not a fan of that moment. But so, she, so anyway, she was sentenced to this life of caretaking for this man-child baby, you know. But I, I was going to ask, what was the deal with her having sex with one of the other guys that was over there. What was yeah, that scene about? That's what I'm saying. She just nowhere? randomly had sex with another guy five times in a row. Five times? Yeah, she that's was like, five times. Wow. She was like, she was like, eh. He's like, who can go five times? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In a sitting, not five different incidents. Oh, she's sad, all right. I didn't, <laughs> un- I didn't understand that. What He was just a guy, like a friend of the family, right? Yeah, I think it was one of the guys that got the murdered plays, later. Yeah, he was one of the guys that plays the game with them on yeah, Thursday. But then, and, yeah, it I didn't really understand random. that part. It was, it was random, yeah. I, I think it, that. Well, that was the point where you start to question, I mean, I'm not trying to slut shame or anything, but you start to question her intentions and her character and stuff, and then she goes... She goes buck wild when buck she turns. Wild. Yeah, she's she like, yeah, it, it tastes better when you work for it. He wants he's this is a classic stereo. He doesn't want to kill anyone. She makes fun of him, like, oh, you're gonna steal more blood from the hospital. <laughs> she's out there pulling guys out of cars and stabbing him in the neck mm-hmm. and burying the bodies. And know, what and, real. and the circumstances on, from which he became a vampire, I know it was like there's a disease like EV or something. Yeah, that EV. I, I think it's made up, or I don't know. Is I don't know that if like it's a made real affliction? I don't know. And he doesn't have it, but he volunteers to go yeah, do he vo- he drug trials. Yeah, yeah, vaccine trials. And then he ends trials. up getting it. Yes. So many things about the main character are introduced in the first little bit that I thought he was different people. I, I did. Too. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, did I did. I was like, oh, the priest. The he changes doctor, so dramatically. The guy in the experiment. Yeah. And I was like, what's going on? Yeah, it was the a bit son. hard to follow at first. He, yeah. Yeah. So he gets the disease and then he gets a blood transfusion. And the transfusion is infected with a vampire, and and being a vampire also happens to keep the disease at bay. Right. So it's a little weird, and yeah, and he changes so much when he's introduced. He's a bespeckled, wire-framed uh, priest, and then he's the bandaged survivor. He kind of becomes this like local Christ figure because he survives. The only person that's ever survived the disease, and he becomes the bandaged priest, and everybody wants him to pray for their camping outside the hospital, and he becomes this figure that is going to pray for people and heal them and all this stuff. 
which he's also very I, reluctant to do. I kept rewinding parts of this movie because of uh, there's a few gore scenes that I really liked. <laughs> I really liked the throat punch uh, oh, at the great end. One. Yeah. Great one. And I liked when he grabbed her by the ankles when she's flying across the buildings and her head smashes on the thing just on the way down. I thought that was pretty... It's gruesome. a pretty bloody affair. There's there's some yeah, it's a legit it's, horror movie. It's a horror movie. Yeah. yeah, legit. One of the reasons that I think I've never rewatched this, you can usually find this streaming somewhere. It's almost always out there. It's a terrible, terrible cover art. You don't like the cover art? It's just really bad. <laughs> it's really cheesy. It, it looks like a bad romance movie. One thing I did learn this week, and I'm, I probably should have learned this by now, but I never really realized all this time all the South Korean movies that we've watched and talked about, a lot of the names are, are they're written backwards. Yeah. For example, Park is the last name. Yeah. Uh, same as uh, Bong Joon. Bong. See, why do I bring this up? Because <laughs> I can't say any other <laughs> South Korean name yeah. except for the one that I know because we're talking about it tonight. Because <laughs> <laughs> you've recited it in the mirror all day. Park Chen. <laughs> no, he was reading fan mail all day. That's why he That's didn't have true. time to dust up on his Korean names. My favorite quote in this is from the woman when he's holding her above the the street, deciding you know what he's gonna what he's gonna do, and she says, "Save me or kill me. You'll regret either way." Oh, what'd she say right after that? Though she's like, uh, "I fucked your friend five you times." No, <laughs> it was some terrible pun. We just started dating and you dropped me like this or something like that. And I was like, okay. The first major piece of dialogue is what that guy in the hospital telling the story, the story about the how he like story. had a so cake. Funny. That That's amazing. That's like Tarantino <laughs> level dialogue <laughs> going on to start the film. And it has nothing to do with the rest of the movie. Yeah. And then he, he mentions it later. Like he, he was such a giving and generous soul. You should have heard his cake story. By the way, he gave that. That, that opens it up. And then the confession scene right after that is really funny, too, where I thought where he's receiving confession from a nun and he's telling her to seek professional help and there's medications and antidepressants you can be on. And she tells yeah. him to just, just stick to the praying. Exactly. Don't, don't worry about the other stuff. <laughs> and then you have this woman that is completely paralyzed except for the eyeballs oh, is – uh, Telling who the killer is, uh, which is pretty uh, exciting. That, that is an incredible. <laughs> that is an incredible scene. Yeah, a murderer is revealed just through a fluttering, uh, blinking. Just through blinking, she can only communicate in one finger. What was up with her fingernail? Anybody? Because that was the only thing she could move. Right. Was that finger? So she just kept tapping. That's why it, it was all. And I think it's because, if I remember, so she drank herself into paralysis. Yes. That's what happened. Right. Yeah, yes. basically Which is, that. Is that possible? Grief. <laughs> One way to find <laughs> out. You can see, like, you're sweating. I'm trying. <laughs> <Judging Yeah>. from, <laughs> from our experiences, I'd say no. Masterpiece Theater Week from the 2022 movie called Bones and All. Virginia, 1988. Having no recollection of her mother, high school outcast Marin plucks up the courage to embark on a long and challenging journey to find her. Instead, as Marin struggles to understand and live with her well-hidden adolescent longings on the fringes of Ronald Reagan-era America, a chance encounter with enigmatic pariah and handsome soulmate Lee gives voice to the unspoken expectations of first love. Now, uneasy feelings and all-consuming impulses take over, and the raw, visceral need for companionship and connection in an indifferent society brings to light the wild side of humankind. More than anything, Marin wants to come to terms with her past to find her place in the world. But what's it like to give in to love? Bones and all. <laughs> wow. Cinema. I love this one. This was maybe my favorite horror movie of 2022, I think. Um, I am a sucker for a road, a road movie. I love road movies. This is right out of the Bonnie and Clyde, Badlands, Natural Born Killers, True Romance, all the long Hollywood tradition of road movies. It's beautiful to look at. I love a good cannibal story. 
I've seen it three times now. I even went and revisited um, the Suspiria remake from 2018. Has everybody seen that? Mm-mm. Yeah. Yes. Do you see that? I didn't yeah. like it the first time. I actually kind of hated it the first time. But Same. I love this movie so much that I had to go back. Um, Luca Guadagnino, Italian filmmaker, directed uh, this one, directed the Suspiria remake, as well as Call Me By Your Name, probably best known. I liked it a lot. I liked the Suspiria a lot more the second time. Now, being a more patient, I was a younger, more impatient man when I when I saw that back in 2018. That was a while ago now. <laughs> This is the before times. I was hangry, and I left the theater to go get something to eat. But now going back, first of all, now I know everyone that's in it. Like Tilda Swinton plays three roles. I didn't know that. I didn't know Dakota Johnson at the time. Didn't know Mia Goth at the time. I really, really liked this time. It's still bizarre. It's still, it's two and a half hours. It's nothing really like the original. Does I didn't realize um, the first time either Jessica Harper has a cameo. Jessica Harper played Susie in the original Suspiria. She has a cameo in the remake of Suspiria, and she has a cameo in this. She Ooh. plays the uh, the grandmother of Marin. Oh. Which, that's, yeah. that's Jessica Harper I from thought Suspiria. it was Sally Field at first. I, she I does look a lot like yeah, Sally I recognize Field. Her. Me too. Yeah, yeah. I'm both, I'm, yeah. Yes to both of you. <laughs> um, incredible performances. Taylor Russell I wasn't familiar with. She plays Marin. Timothy Chalamet, I've never seen in a movie before. Of course, I'm very familiar with him. He's I also saw the French Dispatch. What's that? He's in the French Dispatch. Oh, is he? Yeah. yeah. I don't remember a lot about that except for uh, eating M&M's, trying to stay awake. Uh, Mark Rylance <laughs> is my favorite part of this by far as Sully, the oh. creepiest cannibal of all time. This movie is so creepy, and it kind of made me, you know, the, it, it. this is nothing new. The, the outsiders on the run, the... The lovers on the fringes, of the margins of society. I think there's a lot of um, there's a lot of pretty easy allegory and metaphor that you can look at this film through. You can see these kids in as part of any number of sort of um, groups that are on the fringes of, of society. But um, I forgot where I was uh, going with that. Yeah. Um... Yeah, uh, <laughs> amazing score, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Oh. Guadagnino in, wanted them to do something with acoustic guitars to kind of echo the American landscape, that kind of Western feel. Oh, I, I know what I was going to say. Um, th- I like how this movie kind of, it reminded me of something like The Walking Dead, but you're The Walking Dead instead of you're the, you know, most zombie movies or are, are from the perspective of the survivors of the non-zombies, but this kind of, to me, like puts you in the, in the shoes of the zombie. Like you're, it's the walking dead and you're, you're the walking dead. Um, and again, also reminded me of let the right one in. It, it's a cannibal movie. Sla- you could call it a vampire movie. They just do more chewing in this. <laughs> it's really the only difference. I love this movie. This is uh, on prime right now and VOD. Yeah, I like the aspect of a vampire movie that has well this has multiple this isn't vampire, this is cannibal. But it's when but we, it's pretty much the same deal. Right. But when you have the the regular guy that likes to hang out with it's like oh, the, the, we walk so in shadows or whatever. Yeah. Um, but this one you have a cannibal that just wants to be down and he just he's eating not because he's afflicted with afflicted with this disease or whatever. Yeah. But just because he's a He's a cannibal Weirdo. fucker. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's a cannibal fucker. He just likes to fuck cannibals. Ugh. I like that this movie uh, dealt with, uh, I don't know, like the feelings, like the post-trauma of killing because you have to out of necessity. But then a lot of movies don't dive into the way they feel and how that kind of like reverberates in their character. And I felt like that this did that really well because the two main characters are always at this kind of like remorseful guilty place that they're kind of finding you know salvation within each other you know to to fill that it's very character driven i think it reminds you of walking dead because to me like the midwest and south we've been on tour in these areas they they have this dystopian vibe to them there's like a deadness to the places that are on the coast i don't know what it is but almost like a drugstore cowboy uh, kind of landscape. It's, it's scary to me. Just and I probably just from always living on the coast, but it's just it's just scary to be in the middle of that much nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
I hadn't seen this until this sitting because you went to see it and Connie went to see it. Oh, and yeah. she said it was trash. I know. She said, what? you might as well go watch Twilight. <laughs> what? Ouch. Yeah, and Hot I was like, tapes. wow, shots Ultimate fired. Dish. And I was like, well, Trent said it was good. She's like, fuck Trent. <laughs> and I, she did not I, damn. I bet no. she did. Yeah, no, she didn't. She's but, not sliding into his DMs? But so I didn't, I didn't watch it um, because I was confused how you could like it so much and she could not like it so much. And I just kind of chalked it up to teenagers. Hmm. No, no counting for them. Yeah. I also had not seen this. I think I was going to go nice. see it with you in the theater and yeah. just, yeah, it just didn't work out. The only thing that makes this really different from a lot of the movies you were talking about, Trent, like the whole, again, star-crossed lovers and people on the road, is really Guadagnino's directing it's it's the stylization of it yeah that makes it kind of unique for for this genre i thought it was a vampire movie it's about how much i looked into it i had no idea that it was actually cannibalism it reminded me and you're talking about how we don't see a lot of things that put you in the perspective of the monsters so to speak like near dark almost right. Um, right. but yeah. they're like evil but you have the one dude that's like that he's trying to fit in. Um, so this a little bit different. They're trying to like figure out a way to love each other and not eat each other, which is kind of a unique love story. Yeah. <laughs> like I love you and I want to be with you, but you might wake up one day and I've got like half of your arm digested. Yeah, interesting. And he's also gay or bi. I think he's just using whatever he can to dupe somebody into becoming well, a Well, I mean, meal. he didn't have to use that much. I mean, he used all the way. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I kind of just thought once they were in the corn, yeah. that would be enough. Oh, he got in the corn. Woo! <laughs> oh, God. Uh, this movie does suffer a little bit, as some of these films do, where you take a Timothy Chalamet and a Taylor Russell, and you try to make them ugly and look like downtrodden, but they're both amazingly beautiful people. True. <laughs> so as much as True. you try to dirty them up, you yeah, like still kind of like, eh, I mean, come on now. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I've never looked that good on my absolute best day, and it's yep. trying to show us that. Don't hate. However, it is really. It surprised me how gory it was. It also surprised me how heartbreaking it was. And I think Taylor Russell does a great job. I think I only know her from Escape Room. Not saying much there. Um, <laughs> she's fine in that, but not a great movie. And I, I, too, have never seen, I don't think, seen a Timothy Chalamet movie. Only know him because he's everywhere in terms of his celebrity status. However, the most heartbreaking character by far was Sully. So I was watching this movie, and it was pretty obvious not long into it that it had to be based on a novel, which it is. And you can kind of tell, and at one point, the movie tricked me into thinking that it was only going to be Marin and Lee. And we were never, it was going to be this like epic road trip and their journey, and you would meet characters along the way, and nobody would ever come back. And that really intrigued me. And they kind of trick you into thinking that, because they meet all kinds of people along their journey, and then Sully does come back. And you really see Sully three times in the movie. It is a... He, Mark Rylance has very little camera time. He destroys you in the three so scenes good. that he's in. He's so good. And the second he started talking, I got this visceral, like, terror feeling. He's it, terrifying. It reminded me of um, Poltergeist 2. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. guy the that door. walks up on the porch. <laughs> yeah. Like, that is, like, burned into my brain, yeah, my same, soul. Same. He's talking like that, yeah. So this was this really surprised me. I was um, not ready. I didn't want to, but I was like, "How am I going to take this movie in and talk about it with Trent?" <laughs> but you really kind of surprised me this week. This one really hit home. You're welcome. Oh yeah, yeah. it's it's a great one. I'll slide into your DMs later. Don't <laughs> worry. <laughs> I thought this was a beautiful movie. Beautiful. It was beautiful. Beautiful. Magical, Gorgeous. if you will. Just. Love is in the air. I had no idea what it was about. I didn't do any research, um, which I'm super glad about. Um, I just thought it was going to be, I was like geared up for this like adolescent tale with like some murder sprinkled in, like a weird, like just Timothy Chalamet smooching people, I guess. Uh, but then boom, five minutes in, 
I was like, oh, no, she eats people. Okay, her. <laughs> such a great introduction. Oh, to my her. God. It, really it was is. perfect. <laughs> that was just like a great way to just right off the bat be like, this is what this movie is about. It's an interesting story. It's beautifully acted. It's visually like very pleasing, very beautiful, while also making you feel uneasy, like you guys were talking about, just like being landlocked, then like that weird music coming in. Like you just know something's going to happen, something's going to go down. I love a good on the road film. And this one was just chock full of all the things, like the beautiful scenic shots and the landscapes, along with the, you know, murdering cannibalism. All the while, you've got the little Chalamet running around flipping his cute little curls, just being Tim, good old Timmy two tones. There were a lot of really tense scenes throughout it. It wasn't like a gory film. It was like bloody, I would say. There was, you know, some blood going on. But it was more just like really, um, just like terrifying and, and like tense, especially with like the characters that you meet along the way. Like when we met those two weird guys in the woods, I was assuming that they were going to come back and like try to get them somehow or like they were going to, I don't know. So the whole time you're just kind of like on the edge of your seat waiting for something to happen, but then it doesn't happen. So then you don't think anything else is going to happen and then that's when they get you. So it was just, I just, I, I loved the flow of it. I thought it was a super easy watch because it just kept my attention the whole time and I cared about these characters, which bit me in the butt because it ended up being a pretty heartbreaking movie. I loved the scene with her mom in the psych ward. Oh, when you man. realize that. That's such a crazy Woo! scene. That's, That's like from scene. the road. Fucking uh, Chloe uh, Savinia. Savinia. That was just like not expecting that. I don't know what I was expecting, but it wasn't that. So I just, I don't know. It hit all the boxes. It was just like a, a very intense movie, but in a very good way. And I thought it was like super impactful. And I just, uh, yeah, so it was a good one. My favorite Kiss song is in this movie. We talked about, I mentioned really? uh, the, the incredible that. score by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. And it's, it's funny because um, Suspiria has this original score by Tom York, mm-hmm. including an original song. And then this has, they, there's also an original song in this. It's like the theme of the movie that, that Reznor and uh, Ross did. But th- my favorite Kiss song, Lick It Up, is uh, unexpectedly featured in this. Oh, great. It's Who's... the only Kiss song I like. It's like an now, American th- is Psycho that really? Moment. Yeah. I- the wow. O- the only song. kiss song I like is Lick It Up. It's a great really? song. Really? Yeah. It's not a great song. It what? is. It's an awesome song. <laughs> it's okay. They took their makeup off. They were ready to roll. It's such a great scene when they, they break into the, the house or whatever, and yeah. Lee Chalamet's character is going through the vinyl, oh, and he finds the kiss and puts it on. Yeah. Lick and then it he up. does it's a whole Patrick Bateman I scene. I love it. <laughs> if, if we were still cribbing licensed music, you better believe yeah. this week would feature... <laughs> Lick it up yeah. by Kiss, and it's appropriate thematically. You know, I like I like that he played it. It was fun, and you know what's weird? Since I've watched this movie, I've heard that song like a couple times, and I'm like, I never hear that song. So now that I've like identified it, I was like, oh, I like the song. Now I just keep hearing it. Go to the strip club less, and you won't hear. <laughs> Amateur night is Wednesdays, <laughs> so I'm after this. You know where I go. This is amateur night. <laughs> <laughs> At least amateur hour. <laughs> It's another movie, too, where they don't give you the origin of the affliction. Nope. It none. just exists. Like, right. some people are born with this. It's genetic. I think they hint at that. But yes. they don't tell you what it is. It doesn't seem to be commonly known. These people just kind of exist. And it's not like, oh, my God, somebody was eaten by a cannibal. You don't see it. It's not in the press. Like, these, they're just kind of running around and living very under the doesn't, radar. It doesn't go back to the witch trials or anything. It could yeah. be a sequel <laughs> to Yeah. It could be a sequel to Raw. It very reminded me of Raw, cool. very much like Raw to yeah, me. Yeah, it's a great call. Did you notice the cameo from David Gordon Green? Yeah, he's he's the yes. guy that Dave was talking about. Yeah, he, the, the wannabe cannibal. The cannibal like, fucker. Not a cannibal, but yes. He's a cannibal groupie. Yeah. Oh. yeah. He loves cannibalism so much that he eats. A groupie? He's saying he wants to hang around with people eating humans. Those guys are all the... Bad people in this are so, so scary. Those guys are super, so super scary too. Yeah, like yeah. Even, the f- even when they're just like offering them beer, I was like, I don't trust that. Yeah, <laughs> and everyone's got a sniff because they can all smell each other and yeah. in their vicinity. So, especially Sully. Sully's got the creepiest sniff ever, but they're always sniffing around, <laughs> and he's following her across the country. Yeah. yeah, by his nose, I assume. Yeah, and he also has an eight foot. Uh, oh, braid so of gross. all the, the braid. hair 
of everyone he's ever killed and blood sucked. That's the oh, only really supernatural part so of it is their scent. Disgusting. I don't think it's super natural. Yeah, it's like, super like, natural, not, but it's kind of like a heightened <laughs> sense, Like a wolf I guess. or something. Yeah. It's like Toms of Maine's supernatural. <laughs> <laughs> but, Kat, you just brought up a good point that it's not that bloody, and I was like ready to be like, yes, it is. It but is. this is a classic. That's... No, it, it really... It isn't there. I mean, the, the end scene for sure. Like that's super bloody. It's the sound design. This is another movie that tricks you. It's like the classic Texas Chainsaw thing. It tricks you with just really visceral scenes and sounds. Well, there are entire dialogues, like soliloquies, with their faces covered and They're dripping all- with <laughs> yeah. blood. You only see the whites of their eyes and their teeth. And, and so, by not bloody, you, you don't you don't see. It's not like it's a movie with thirty minutes of the two hours or them like chomping on people. You don't see. Like, you yeah. don't see. Uh, you see see some. There's you know a little bit when when Shamale Shamale Lee. Uh, when he's chowing down on someone, he like he's chowing down on the guy's boob, and it kind of shows him ripping, oh, right, right, ripping some flesh off there. I, don't know, I thought it was fairly graphic, and I loved when the the scene when Sully and and Marin Marin is such a great um, like white trash name too. This is all like white trash fringes communities, trailer parks, stuff like that. Marin, it's like you know, it goes well. What was the one? Uh, what was the the, the one from uh, Darlene? <laughs> now it wasn't Darlene. What was the one from Henry? Oh, I might have been Darlene. Now it wasn't Darlene. It was something Lurlane. Like Lurlane. Do <laughs> you think of Marin and Lurlane when Marin and Sully eat that woman who they're waiting for her to die in the house? So weird. On all fours, and then later on, I think one of the creepiest, most affecting things was when Sully says, "I dried off next to you." Yes. Oh. I've never dried, like he says he's never dried off next to somebody. This was a very intimate thing that they both chowed down on this woman at the same time and dried off together. It was like to him, it was like, you know, they're lovers in a way. They were intimate on a level that even is even rarer than sexual intimacy. This this kind of intimacy, cannibalism. Now that's but that's so, like you did butt stuff together. Stuff. <laughs> so. <laughs> Is Sully's, is Sully's thing, am I wrong in thinking that Sully's thing was, he's obviously like kind of legendary because Lee says, I think I've heard of that guy when Marin describes he him. He does indicate that maybe he's heard of him, yeah. But he's never eaten another cannibal. So, well, I don't know if we is believe Is his that. thing like he's following her, like at first you think it's kind of like companionship and he dried off next to her and weird things like that. I thought like when he finally tracks him down, he's like, I'm going to eat you. And he's hinting that maybe it's the first time he'll go cannibal to cannibal bones and all i i think it was unclear if i i, I don't think you can believe he says he yeah. doesn't eat other cannibals but i wouldn't believe that it's i think it's unclear what his intention is he's just i think he's just obsessed he's obsessed with her and he doesn't know whether he wants to eat her have sex with her be uh, be road partners or what it seems like a, a obvious allegory for drug use Definitely. And Could the be. way they're always ramping it up, and I like that Bones and All actually had a meaning. It wasn't just something that was said or implied. It was a, an actual thing that was like the pinnacle of your your appetite. It was like you ate the whole thing, Bones and All. Right. Yeah. And they're all talking about it like some trophy. This guy's done it so many times. and He says, have you gotten your bones yet? It, it, it's like an initiation rite. It's a, a rite right. of passage that you really... Are full cannibal when you've eaten someone's bones. How do you Again, eat a bone? maybe I was duped by <laughs> the while. cover being very romantic, and I thought bones and all was going to be some sort of like feeling. Oh, uh, like Aww. I love you, bones I, and all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I, somebody send me that DM, please. Well, I after <laughs> review, I thought it was going to be much more like Netflix, where let's get a van and go cross country. Yeah. I think I'm surprised you guys think I would bring in runaways. I, you guys think I would just bring in Twilight or something? I don't know. You never know. You never know, man. <laughs> I'll bring I think in. You Twilight. know better than that. Uh, even the intro, as powerful as it is, it does sort of lend itself to being like, okay, it's a it's a bunch of high school girls at a sleepover. Like, yeah. I was already like, uh oh, so good. Uh oh, this is what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, yeah, because like, it yeah. goes like, right to the sleepover. God damn it! <laughs> that yeah. was so good. I love it's just it's not spoiling. It's right in the opening of the movie. The way they introduce what Marin is is so shocking. Yeah. You're not ready. And it just made me feel like, okay, 
awesome. This is my kind of movie. Here we go. Mike shown me just fuck it. You've shown me right away that I uh, this is going to pay off. And I like the the only narration you get is from the cassette that her father leaves, mm-hmm. and she listens to it on a Walkman, fully analog, the whole time, and he's just kind of telling her like what she should prepare herself with for. And she's also like trying to connect the dots with like who in her family has the same thing. Right. And she soon finds out. She's abandoned by her father because she gets to an age where he can't control her. He knows what she is. Her mom was the same way. And he she gets to an age where he can't control her anymore. And they're either both going to die. They're both going to go to jail. Something's gonna, So he abandons her, leaves her in a hotel with some money. And from that point on, she's on her own. I thought it was, you know, mentioned drugs. That's certainly... A reading in there, but I think also any kid that's like disowned by their family, I think this could easily, you know, you could sub in sexuality issues, gender identity, stuff like that, where you might be turned out by your family and nobody can know who you are and all, you know, all that stuff. And that even, you know, the whole carnival thing where they victimize that guy who is the carnival barker, that's kind of hinting at that too. You know, living on the margins in that way. Uh, I think there's a lot of sort of different ways you could read that. Man, that scene with the carnival guy was so like boogie nights. It was just the way they like did the the cinematography, like to make him like stand out from the rest of the. Yeah, I don't know. Have we explicitly stated that this is set in the Mm eighties? Well, she mentioned Reagan's America. Yeah, yeah. You you even get that Virginia, nineteen eighty-eight. Oh, okay. Um, I did like that. Well, I I guess I just thought it was interesting that she didn't have any recollection of all the times that she had. Eating people, so right. she was like, "Why can't I go do this thing?" Like, Dad, my dad's <laughs> mean. She killed a babysitter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it's just interesting because none of the other characters, I don't think, had that. Like uh, Lee's character, he was like, "Oh, I remember my first time." Like, I remember all that stuff. She's like, right. "I don't remember anything." So she's learning from her dad what she's done. Yeah, yeah, and that's the tape recording yeah. that she's listening to it, sort of in pieces on there. Yeah, that's a that's a really. I mean, I probably benefited from the fact that it's based on a book, but also really well done by the writer and director to drag it out is sometimes when you have these love stories, you just get like an exposition dump from each of them as to their past. But I love the use of the Walkman and her dad. And then as she's also searching on the road trip for her mom, and then they really drag out Lee's backstory too. They just give you little bits and pieces here and there. And then you kind of finally get the payoff when when they reconnect. Uh, that's that's pretty well done, I think, as well. Same screenwriter as Suspiria and also a bigger splash uh, comedy, I believe, he made before Suspiria. I was listening to a podcast with um, Guadalanino, and he was talking about taking the whole crew, before they even scouted locations, they took the whole crew and they spent a month aimlessly driving around the middle of the country. And I thought, man... This must be so fun. Just imagine being able to be like, all right, we're going to make this road movie about the U.S. Let's take a month, just drive around aimlessly. Like, that's my dream. I would love to take Not that a part month of the and just, he said, he said <laughs> it was just aimless. They had no destinations. They would just drive and like, just get the feel of this, this kind of desolate, you know, middle America forgotten type of land. And then from there, then they went around scouting shots and stuff like that. Such a romantic way to make a movie. You know, this is first first movie set in America and made in America. A bigger splash. Is that a sequel to Splash? <laughs> the mermaid movie? I, I was honestly wondering, I took a look through the... Uh, it's, I, don't, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't. Would have been cool. I'm with you on Suspiria. I did not like it the first time. Loved it when I yeah, went back too. and saw like, it. I kind of loved I, it. But I think as like huge fans of the original, like you're going in with a certain yeah, expectation. Definitely. Not yeah. just... He totally changes the story and makes it three hours long. It's, a, it's, a, it's also like, loose, the, very loose. Argento's is so bright and like neon. It looks totally different. And this one is super that, yeah. like dim. But he's yet to really connect with like a mainstream audience. Like, Suspiria tanked. This yeah, this did not make any money. And this didn't even tanked make back as well. Budget. This was uh, 14, 16 to twenty million budget. Made under fifteen million at least. It came close. Suspiria was like a twenty mil and made like yeah. Eight. Call Me By Your Name was a big financial success. Also starred Chalamet. That made a bunch of money. Um, but yeah, neither neither of these uh, horror outings d- did anything. I-, I was surprised. You know, this movie was marketed pretty clearly as an art house. I knew from the first trailer, like, oh, this looks like Raw or something like that. It, it didn't really have the mainstream feel to the marketing or anything. 
going to be a little bit different than oh. uh, than Willy Wonka. <laughs> that braid is so disgusting. It's gross. Oh my god. Whitey tidies. <laughs> Blood covered face. He's I know. Like, as brain. we're saying, it's not that bloody. It's just Raped on in the background, over. constantly <laughs> proving me wrong. Danger. The emergency destruct system is now activated. The ship will detonate in T minus 10 minutes. The option to override automatic detonation expires in T minus 5 minutes. Kind of a spoiler, I guess, but I feel like there is some ambiguity to the end of this movie that I didn't really pick up on until I heard Guadalanino talking about it on that podcast. There's the whole ending where Lee and Marin have seemingly started to settle into a normal life in society. It seems like they have a little apartment, they're working a little bit, this and that, and kind of on their way. And then uh, their old friend Sully shows up. And there's this whole bloody violent confrontation and that sort of like ends. And then you go back and there's a final shot of them, Lee and Marin sitting on the hill out in the, in the flatlands or wherever the hell they were sitting on a hill overlooking the landscape um, from a previous scene. And in, but in that final shot, they're like naked or they're half naked. So the question that I didn't really think of the first time becomes whether that sequence with Sully at the end, whether that was a dream, they were still on the hillside talking about finding a normal life and they have sex and they fall asleep and they, maybe one of them has this dream Oh, that that's what happens. No, I, I interpreted that she eats him. So in their fight with Sully, he stabs Lee. Yeah. Lee's dying and she eats him bones and all. Right, and then she just has a memory of them, or right. that sort of like. That's uh, how I took it the first time. A that subconscious, that was... like <clears throat> he's now with her forever. Right. He says, "Eat me; it will be beautiful." Right, and then uh, it's always this idyllic thing with right. them, with the bones and all thing. Yeah. And he's like, "Eat me, bones and all; it'll be beautiful." And then to me, that just symbolizes a beautiful thing. Right. That's it's, that's it's, how I took yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, that's how I took it. What did I you would think? like it did to. You? I mean, I assumed it was like a flashback, but now yeah, I'm just too. gonna think that it's just it was just a dream, and they did live happily ever <laughs> no, after. No. It's heaven for cannibals. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, woo! Twenty twenty three is my favorite movie of twenty twenty three. Your favorite movie of this year? Yes, Infinity Pool. Oh, oh, nice! And a movie that you and I had both seen, and. We questioned whether it was horror or not, but it came out on Shudder, and it's always categorized as horror. So let's discuss Flux Gourmet from <laughs> 2022. Okay. okay. All, All right. right. I have no idea what that is. Oh, man. It's, it's, it's wild. It's, it's definitely comedy, but comedy in something else. And yeah, yeah well, if, if it's evil or horrible, uh, we'll decide that, I suppose. Lifestyles of the rich and heinous. <laughs> <laughs>